0: Tonight, Hockey on the Network, Western Conference leading Golden Knights. They're hosting the Flames. Flames, by the way, four points behind the Wild for the playoff spot. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern. Uh, Meanwhile, on planet Earth, listen, I know we've all heard of arm wrestling. But how about this? Leg wrestling? Look, look, look at this. Are we serious? <laughs> 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 Can't you, we can do this, bro. No, nah, <laughs> let, let me tell you Have what you I'm see not saying. You his
1: legs? Do <laughs> I don't even understand. Like, arm wrestling is one thing, leg wrestling? <laughs> are we, we serious? Si- who decided that this was going to be a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> are we serious? Yeah, I think like, it's great.
2: Think about how hard that is. Are we then. Yeah.
3: Hold
1: on. My like, soccer
2: legs could take both you down.
3: Like, real question though. Real question are we that bored? Right, right. Are we that bored? Right. I need to Get a basketball, play some hoop or something, <laughs> See, go bowling.
2: people are doing that and not on their phones, I'm psyched. So, yeah. more leg, that, leg- yeah Leg yeah, over but I an mean, app, like, I'll take it. I mean,
3: like, like, what are we doing? I know, oh, that's crazy. Brother. And where
2: is that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, welcome back to Get Up. It is here from the Seaport, and we're brought to you by Great Goose. Blake Chris Canty. Louis Riddick. Diana Roussini. I am re- here with. wrestling him. I know uh, that. The big <laughs> question is, who is going to be the Jets quarterback next season. You know, they drafted Zach Wilson with the second overall pick. That was two years ago. He lost the starting job to Mike White after week 11, that loss to the Patriots. We all remember that. And then you've got Aaron Rodgers. He could be the dark horse candidate. The Jets, they've inquired on his availability. They also hired the Packers' former offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. And then you've got the free agent, Derek Carr. He visited with the Jets over the weekend after being cut by the Raiders. You know, the Jets owner, Woody Johnson, said recently that quarterback, was the missing piece and that he would pay money, especially for a veteran. Okay, Diana, give us the latest here on when we stand with the Jets' pursuit not only of Derek Carr, but yeah. Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Derek Carr. They also hired Todd Downing here in New York, right? So Todd Downing worked with Derek Carr when he was with the Raiders. So there's there's a lot of tentacles on mm. this New York Jets staff with all these different veteran quarterbacks that they're after. That's not going to be the final way they make a decision on who they're going with based on their assistant coaches. That's not it. What they are going to do is go for the quarterback that wants to play for them. And the New York Jets met with Derek Carr over the weekend. I was told from both sides it went really well. And the Jets, the the way they're selling this, and it's not even – I think sell is actually an aggressive word because they don't have to do much selling. All they have to do is show their roster and show how this team has been built by Joe Douglas over the last few seasons and what they've been able to produce this last year. Guys, how many times have we seen New York this last season be so close – to winning more games if they were just better at the quarterback position, which Mm -hmm. is why you hear owner Woody Johnson, who told me that recently, that we are in for a veteran quarterback. Like, there's no qualms. This isn't a Zach Wilson team right now. This is the guy Mm -hmm. that's going to come in. It's going to be plug and play because we believe in the rest of the pieces around us. So when they're talking to Derek Carr and they're talking about what they believe he can do for this team – they're talking championship, not so much because what they believe in Derek Carr, but what they believe what's around him and how they're going to help him be productive. Because you look at Derek Carr when he was with the Raiders. He has never played with a top defense mm-hmm. ever, yet he still had that much success. Now give him a top 10 defense with these skill players with this run game. There could be a Derek Carr unleash that we saw You know, perhaps that that season right before he got injured. A Derrick or maybe that we've never even seen before with the right pieces around him. So here we're at now for New York. Aaron Rodgers is still in in place here in terms of the Jets having interest. That starts from ownership, right? Mm. How do you not at least see what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? And here's the thing. We don't know. Nobody knows right now. The Green Bay Packers are waiting to hear from Aaron Rodgers who reportedly – left the facility where he was in darkness yesterday in Southern Oregon, and I was told that a meeting is supposed to happen with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And if the Packers allow, excuse me, if Aaron Rodgers says, yes, I want to be traded, then the Packers will then allow Aaron Rodgers to talk to the teams that he perhaps is interested in or the teams that are interested in trading for him. So this all comes down to what Aaron Rodgers wants to do, which will then be the domino for the rest of the quarterbacks that are on the street. Right
0: you're now. a front office guy, so then if you're in the Jets' front office, it. Everyone said, "Well, you—if you love Derek Carr, you sign him. But don't you wait?
3: Would you wait? Wouldn't you wait for Aaron Rodgers?" I I, I guess I, I guess I would. Look. I'm, I'm going to take this in a different direction, okay? Because I'm sitting here, I'm listening to Diana talk about this and I'm listening to her talk about what Woody Johnson wants. And he feels that this is a veteran quarterback needy team, yeah. that they have all these pieces, and we need a plug and play guy to them in there. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, let's think who are the teams right now that are dominating in the NFL? And what are the characteristics that they have offensively in the quarterback room in particular, and how that guy kind of gels and jives mm-hmm. with the rest of the organization? Let's think about Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Let's think about Josh Allen. Let's think about Joe Burrow. Let's think about Jalen Hurts. Let's just take those four guys. What do they all have in common? One, one, they were all drafted by their organizations. Two, these are guys who are not going on darkness retreats trying to figure out they still want to play football. <laughs> they're not, there's no question that they're invested in their organization and trying to maximize themselves and everyone around them. That's what endears them to their organizations and to their players. The players say, this guy is us. He's for us. He's trying to make us better, and he's doing everything he can possibly can, that he possibly can to make himself better. That's why they love Patrick. That's why they love Joe Burrow. That's why they love Jalen Hurts. That's why the people adore Josh Allen. Aaron's trying to figure out if I want to play. Like, where are my priorities? I'm going to Southern Oregon and this, and, excluding, and secluding myself from everyone else because he's trying to figure out what he wants to do for himself right now, right? And we don't even know if he wants to play for Green Bay. We haven't even heard that. So if he doesn't know if he wants to play for the organization that has paid him an ungodly amount of money and who we just signed a new contract with last year, what makes you think he's going to be that invested with this team that has all these young, impressionable players that is trying to find a way to get over the hump? This is, you know, this is the result of a team that's been burned by their decision-making yeah. over and over and over again that they're just going, you know what, just give me the best guy. Yeah. I don't care what he brings to our team from a, from a, from a uh, chemistry standpoint. Just give me the best guy, please. Let me just and, try and that. And you're
2: saying this, and the, the, the quarterback picture that you're painting in terms of the characteristics, the commitment, mm-hmm. um, team-friendly, player-friendly, it's Derek Carr. Do you remember what he led the Raiders organization through over those last few seasons when it just felt like they kept hitting road bump after road bump Mm -hmm. and he would stand up there every day and face the media and and give everyone a pulse of the team give forgiveness for situations that I don't know a lot of people that could have forgiven. and the character in Derek Hart is what I can tell you the New York Jets that is what's luring them in. That is why yeah. they yeah. want well, him. see
0: why? So is Rogers a good You've played here. You played in this market. Yeah. Is Rogers
1: a good fit in New York? Well, I think he would be a good fit because of the pieces that they have on that Jets team from just the skill perspective. Aaron Rodgers is one of the very best quarterbacks that we've ever seen, so it's not like they wouldn't make it work. The question that I would have is what are the leadership qualities that Aaron Rodgers is going to imprint on this team? Because that's not something that we've seen him do, especially with young players in the past several years. Think about it. He didn't show up to OTAs or to minicamp when you had two young impressionable receivers in Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. That stuff matters when you're trying to not only develop young players and get this team to ascend, but also compete for championship. That's what Rob Sala needs when it comes to his overall program development, and it's something that the Jets haven't had in
3: the building in a really long time. Like that's, what that's what we're talking about, right? There's yeah. levels to what they're expecting then. They don't expect you to come in and be, oh, you know what? Hey, if we're just a couple games over 500, that's good. No, they want to win the championship. Yeah. So how can you do that unless you're fully invested? Unless there's something about football I don't know, like, th- this, is, this is a relationship business, right. man. Then, and you got to be in it, like, starting now. Yeah. Then not August. What does August. that look
2: like for the Packers, yeah. then, if he goes back, right? Because if you're a Green Bay Packer executive, you're sitting there going, it can't be what it was last year. That No way. It's not going to work. It's got to change. Sure. So you have to wonder, how much does Green Bay really want Aaron Rodgers back?
0: Yeah. We'll see how this shakes out. Yep. Uh, let's, yep. let's talk a little college basketball because a day after a Tuscaloosa police officer testified Uh, That Alabama star freshman, Brandon Miller, brought now former teammate Darius Miles, the handgun that was used to kill a woman in January. Well, Miller was in the starting lineup for the Crimson Tide against South Carolina. Now, the district attorney's office said, quote, there's nothing we could charge him with, end quote. And athletic director, Greg Byrne, will he explain the school's decision in an interview on the College Game Day podcast?
4: We found out some new facts yesterday. We found out some new facts today. Here's what we know, Brandon Miller was not there for the verbal altercation. Brandon was already on his way to pick up Darius when Darius texted him. Brandon never left his vehicle and was not involved in the collection of the weapon. The shooting occurred just seconds after Brandon arrived. Brandon has been fully cooperating witness and is not a suspect.
5: Can you give us some insight into how the decision to play Brandon Miller was made?
4: So it was ongoing con- from, the, from the get-go when when the incident happened. Uh, it was a conversation between myself, Nate Oates, conversation with myself and the president. We have a legal counsel involved for the university. And so we had normal conversations like we do for other issues. And uh, and that information and was shared. Uh, collectively and collectively we decided that Brandon uh, was able to play.
0: Now, Brandon Miller's attorney says Miller was on his way to pick up miles when miles texted him to bring the gun and that Miller never saw or touched the gun and that it was concealed under some clothing in the back seat. Alabama's decision to allow Miller to play. Well, it came about three and a half hours before tip off last night to that game. Alabama, ranked second, taking on South Carolina. You see Brandon Miller was in the starting line, got booed every time he touched the rock here. Five minutes until the half, and Miller, look at that, put the entire South Carolina team on a poster. Bama up one. Final seconds, though, of the half, from half-court, Michi Johnson. Cash, South Carolina up four at the half. Under 10 seconds left in the second half. Alabama down by one, and Miller going straight to the rim. Lays it in, and we're headed to overtime. And then in OT, 45 seconds left in the game. Tied up at 74, it's Miller again. Watch him probe, probe, and then go. Float game, it's good. Alabama up two. South Carolina, gotta respond. And once you, again, it's Johnson. Pass the defense, scores, we're all tied up. And then time winding down, it's Miller again and just blows past everybody. That's a game-winner. Alabama escaped with a two-point victory, 78-76 and OT. Miller, by the way, had 41. Chris Canty back here with me. And I just want to get your thoughts. You play college sports at a high level and everything. You heard the university. What do you think? Should Brandon Miller play that game last
1: night? I was uncomfortable when the news came down that he was going to play in that game last night against South Carolina, and I hear what Athletic Director Greg Byrne and Head Coach Nate Oates are saying. But at the same time, I understand when you're a part of sports at this level, it's a privilege. It's not a right. And so it's not about what's fair to Brandon Miller. It's about showing full appreciation, respect, for the gravity of the circumstance because we're talking about somebody that lost their lives. Mm-hmm. So the young lady by the name of Jameah Harris, 23 years old, she's gone and with Miller being in close proximity to this murder investigation, even though he's a cooperating witness, I don't think it was appropriate to have him on the court. It just doesn't seem like the right message to send as the university to the rest of the world and, and to law enforcement in terms of allowing him to play. And, and you know, obviously, at Miller's side, they have their story and say, hey look, he was in the car, we
0: didn't know that the gun was there, we sure. never touched it. Is there a right punishment if,
1: you know, the police say there's nothing? Well, well here's him? the thing, I don't think it's necessarily about punishment, it's about showing empathy to the victim and her family. And this is, this is the, the, the situation that Brandon Miller finds himself in through no fault of his own. But because he's so close to the situation, having him on the court only serves as a distraction and takes away, takes away the focus from Jamea Harris and her family and what that community is experiencing with that loss. Again, it's not about punishing Brandon Miller. He can still be on the team. Right. He can be at practices. He can be at team meetings. He can be a student. We just don't need him on the court in games. Because that is going to be the conversation when he's out there on the court. And it just doesn't feel like the right thing to do, knowing that there's a family and a community that's grieving a loss. Well said. Appreciate your perspective. Hey, coming up, uh,
0: according to an ESPN.com article this morning, we have a better sense of what Lamar Jackson wants from the Ravens. We're going to tell you what that is just ahead. And an important offseason for those Dallas Cowboys. they got to solve one thing when it comes to Doc Prescott. We're going to tell you what that is. Keep it right here. You're watching Get Up.
5: you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals
0: welcome back it is time for can he or
1: Candy? the game that's sweeping the nation let's go (laughs) with our very old chris (laughs) candy all right chris (laughs)
0: Can Daniel Jones be as good without Saquon Barkley?
1: He can, and here's why. I thought the development of Daniel Jones in 2022 had more to do with Brian Daybol's presence and the improvement on the offensive line than it did Saquon Barkley. Even though Saquon had a fine year, set a personal best with 1,300 yards rushing, it's not as if that production is irreplaceable. 16 running backs had 1,000-yard rushing seasons last year. Daniel Jones will be just fine, even if the Giants can't replace Saquon. C.C., can Bryce Young be better, a better option for the Bears than Fields? C.C. Can. not There's no sense in parachuting Bryce Young into the same dynamic that Justin Fields had to deal with the last couple of years. What they should do, because they already have a difference maker at quarterback, is trade down from the number one overall spot, stockpile picks, to go along with all that cap space. It's a Fields with the requisite talent, so he can take this organization where they want to go. Can Lamar afford to hold out if he's tagged? He can. Lamar has already made over $30 million in his career, including $23 million on a fifth year option last season. So it's not as if he's hard up for cash. Lamar Jackson has got a quarter of a billion dollar lotto ticket in his pocket. What sense does it make jeopardizing that to play under the franchise tag? This ain't Brewster's millions. Make the sound business decision, which is to sit out until you get your fully guaranteed bag. Now, in our required
0: reading from this morning, a brand new article on ESPN.com, our Jeremy Fowler and Jamison Hensley wrote, quote, according to a source with knowledge of Jackson's contract negotiations, all of his counter offers to the ravens last year were for fully guaranteed contracts that exceeded that of watson talking about deshaun watson by the way who signed a fully guaranteed 5 year 230 million dollar contract with the browns after he was traded there all right so we've got a lot to break down here <laughs> give me your reaction here to lamar wanting more than what deshaun watson wanted
3: i'm not shocked i'm not shocked the guy has been everything that this organization has wanted him to be. He's given everything to this organization that they have asked him to give and more. And he has delivered. He has delivered individually. He has delivered collectively in terms of putting this team in positions to win. And the only thing I would say is this. Go ahead and like open it up to him being available to be acquired via trade and see what happens. <laughs> see how the floodgates open and people are stampeding through your front door to try and get him. That'll just tell you all you need to know. It's not his job, and i said this repeatedly, and I'll just say it here real quick and let everyone else just, you know, say what you want to say. Okay? It is not his job to worry about what Deshaun Watson got and whether or not it was an outlier and whether or not he should use that as a comparable or not in terms of trying to establish his own self-worth in terms of then presenting to them what you think you should get paid. That's not his job, and he should not throw that contract out. I don't care what anybody says or whether or not it's an outlier. If you don't like what Jimmy Haslam did, then get with Jimmy Haslam. That's not his responsibility. And I commend him for doing it, putting his feet in the, in the, you know, in, in the sand, so to speak, and saying I'm not budging. Yep. Well, here's the thing. They, the Ravens
1: might not want to give him a fully guaranteed deal, but somebody around the NFL will. And it's because of scarcity. How many 26-year-old MVP quarterbacks are around that have taken their teams to the playoffs four of the five years they've been in the starters? I mean, listen, the only reason they didn't go five out of five years is because they lost the regular season finale two years ago to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Otherwise, they would have punched their ticket. So I don't understand why the Baltimore Ravens are reticent to give him a deal when they know somebody else is going to give him that same contract. That logic doesn't make any sense. To allow an MVP quarterback to walk out of your building or to ask an MVP quarterback to play not one but two years without financial guarantees beyond that season? Doesn't make any sense. But the only reason they're in that situation is because they didn't pay Lamar Jackson when they were first eligible to after his third year. And let that be a lesson to all of these teams that have already answered the question of whether or not they have a young franchise quarterback. I'm talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, the L.A. Chargers, the Philadelphia Eagles. All your quarterbacks are past their their third year in the NFL. You better pay those guys because it doesn't get cheaper and it doesn't get easier with those negotiations. You you talked about not being reticent to pay him.
0: Let me play devil's advocate. So if if I'm Baltimore, I say, yeah, I love him. But for the fact of the matter, is, listen, he got hurt, mm-hmm. so he was hurt here towards the end of the season, and it's not like we've got an offense where we're, we're putting up all kinds of points. We can't get big-time receivers to come in here because they say, well, I can't get numbers because you always run into football. With my, you're running back and your quarterback.
1: Well, because let me say this, about him being hurt this year. Now, we know that it was a significant injury that he suffered, but there were questions about the timeline on when he would return, if he would be available mm-hmm. in the playoffs if they made it. If Lamar Jackson had guaranteed money beyond 2022, we might be having a different conversation about what the Ravens look like in the postseason this year because Lamar Jackson would be available. But that's why most functional franchises don't allow their quarterback to go into a year where there aren't any guarantees beyond that season. And that was the mistake that the Ravens made, and it cost them an opportunity this postseason, and it might cost them a franchise quarterback.
2: I think if we're talking about respected organizations, the Baltimore Ravens are a team, I think this entire table would agree. Check off that box, sure right? They, yeah, they've yeah, yeah. always run really good business. They've had a couple flaws here and there, like most, but they're a high-end type team. That said, the durability, the guaranteed money has been the hang up this entire time. You bring you bring him, bring up the fact that he's dealt with injuries. That that is a concern. His style of play is a concern. Whether or not they want to adjust that or change that, that is Part of the reason why they weren't so quick to get that deal done when you think that they should have probably signed him up and, and, and got this dealt with. That being said, here we are now. Why are the Baltimore Ravens going to trade away Lamar Jackson? They're not going to do that. They, they know what they have in him. They're going to try to figure out how to make this work at some point here. Do I think a long-term deal is going to get done this week next week? No way. He's, this is like headed straight to the franchise tag. Now the next big question will be, Where is is he going to play? Yeah. And then they're going to have another problem on their hands.
1: Oh, he ain't signing the franchise, I think. Yeah. (laughs) That's not going to happen. You don't got to worry about that. Listen, I know we
0: got to wrap this up, but I just want you – we haven't heard from Lamar, but I just want people to take a look at what he put on on his Instagram post here. And this was just earlier this week And you talk about that. Hey, no matter how much genuine love you show, it'll never be enough. So, there you have it. That was Lamar Jackson's response just this week. All right, LeBron James, he's got two months to get the Lakers into the playoffs. His coach thinks they're about to take off. Do our experts agree? We'll discuss next
4: in Get Up.
5: Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash today. That's Macy's.com slash Welcome back to Get
0: Up. Vince Carter, Zach Lowe is back with us, so let's play a little game of right or wrong. Vince, the Celtics are a lot for the Eastern Conference Finals. Is that right or wrong?
6: BC, I think you're right. I've picked the Boston Celtics since the beginning of the season when I saw them in preseason and their level of focus. They're a half game ahead of the Boston Celtics right now. They're two all-stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. uh, Jason averaging 30 and nine rebounds, as well as Jalen Brown averaging 27 and seven. They're locked and ready to go.
0: Zach, Nikola Jokic will win his third straight MVP. Is that right or wrong?
7: I'm going right our buddy Tim Bontemps does that straw poll every third of the season. It was Jokic in overwhelming fashion, but I don't think it's a lock like that. I think Giannis and Embiid and Luka and Tatum are going to have something to say about it, but I'm going right.
0: Yeah, right now Embiid would be number two in the race. All right, vets the Warriors dynasty.
6: Is it over? Is that right or wrong? I think it's wrong. I, I, you know, We're we talking about Steph Curry. we talk about Draymond Green and of course Clay Thompson, and they've added some young pieces. They got Gary Pate back. The future is bright. And in free agency, they're gonna. They're, um, this summer they're gonna get guys to add to the firepower to get back. I just don't think that that uh, dynasty is over quite yet.
0: All right, Zach, let's stay out west.
7: The Lakers will miss the playoffs, right or wrong? I'm going right, and this is pretty simple. Any team in the history of the NBA that entered the last 20 games 13th. With that many teams to jump, even if you have LeBron James, it is more likely to miss the playoffs than not. I think this season is more wide open than usual, and they have a shot. But if you're asking me point-blank, are they in or out, I'm going out, and that's just basic math. Now, with 20, just
0: 23 games left, you know, L.A. is three and a half games behind the sixth seed. A.D. and their head coach, Darvin Ham spoke to the media yesterday about the road ahead
4: for the Lakers. I think each game, you know, is a, a must-win game for us, uh, given the situation that we're in. So they're all pretty important. we got to treat each game that way. Look at it as like a Game 7 game. But we can go and
6: secure a spot, that is our goal right there. And, and if we fall into a play-in situation, so be it. But our number one goal is to go secure a spot, not just to throw games off here and there and just wish for a play. And we want to go secure a spot.
0: Okay, so the Lakers sit right now in the 13th seed. they are just three losses out of the play-in tournament. Zach, you think the Lakers can get to that 6th seed? You heard what they said before season's
6: end.
7: Uh, no, I don't. And again, it's just math. I think the Lakers have a shot. I, I loved what they did at the trade deadline. They have a whole new team that makes a lot more sense around LeBron and AD. They need AD to play like an MVP candidate like he was for about 15 games before he got hurt, but look, seven teams, three and a half, four games, whatever it is in the loss column, that's a lot in just 23 games for a team that has shown no consistency all season and now has to reinvent itself on the fly. The math is overwhelmingly against them jumping to six, so the safe call is they got to go through the play-in at best.
0: All right, so that brings up this question then, Vince. Do you think the Lakers are capable of winning – a playoff series, whether it be a play-in tournament or first round of the playoffs?
6: Uh, I definitely think they're capable of winning. Uh, They have to get there like Zach is saying, and I agree with him with that. They're very capable. They have guys that are approved. They have guys that have won and understand how they win. It's just they're so far back. You know, it, 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 we're still questing that, but if they get in there, like particularly a playoff, I mean a play-in tournament situation, you can bet on LeBron James taking over the game from start to finish, not waiting for other guys and just learn on the fly. And then you have Anthony Davis as well. So health is going to uh, be a concern the rest of the way for the Lakers.
0: Uh, speaking of those Lakers, their former teammate Russell Westbrook made it official, signing with the Clippers to finish out the season. Now Westbrook joins a Clippers squad that is sitting in fourth right now in the West. Brody, Ty Lue, they spoke with the media yesterday.
7: Any normal human being in any situation in the workplace, and somebody that. Uh, a lot of teammates and people that want you here is uh, very important. Um, to me, I, I value that a lot. We want Russ to be Russ. And so if he's doing too much or not enough, I'll let him know. But we want, want him to be the player that he is, you know, the MVP,
3: the Hall of Famer. He brings a dynamic that we don't have, you know, on this team.
0: All right, you heard Ty Lue there, Vince. Uh, with Russ now in the fold, is he going to help hurt this Clipper squad?
6: I think he's going to help the team, but here's what I liked about it, about about that clip with Ty Lue. He said, if Russ is doing what we need him to do or not uh, not doing what he's supposed to do or not doing enough, I'm going to tell him. And now it's up to Russ to be able able to accept that and and, and do as follows or as as asked. And right now they're just trying to really get that old feeling back, bring those good vibes back, get back the OKC triple-double mentality back. Not no. Not necessarily, you know, be the go-to guy, have the ball in his hands all the time, but it's the mentality. Once you can get a guy back into the right frame of mind and mentality, good things can happen, and then you just mold that into the confines of what their offense or what the Clippers need from Russell Westbrook.
7: What do you think, Zach? Look, if you're telling me Russell Westbrook is going to be a backup, and he's going to play a lot of his minutes when the Clippers don't have any center on the floor, so the floor is wide open for him, like it was in Houston when the Rockets traded Capella to just get him out of the way. I think that can work in limited minutes. If you're telling me he's going to play a ton with Kawhi and Paul George and have the ball a lot instead of them or chill around the three-point arc with nobody guarding him while they have the ball and there's a center on the floor clogging the lane and remember they just traded for Mason Plumlee as a backup center, I'm skeptical that that's going to work given the lack of shooting, the lack of defense, the super high turnover rate, Russ's inability to finish at the rim this season and the last couple seasons when he's gotten there. I'm skeptical of that. So there's a roadmap where everything clicks and it works. I just got to see it before I believe it because I don't like the fit in their core lineups. All right, let's stay in the West
0: because Kevin Durant is going to make his son's debut here in the second half of the season. He's targeting... He says March 1st to come back from that knee injury. So, Vince, is this now title or bust for Durant and the Phoenix Suns this season?
6: I I think it is. I I think it's title or bust. I mean, some may say otherwise, but I I think it is. You put this team together, you talk about the injuries that – Kevin Durant has sustained uh, over the last couple of years. Same with Chris Paul. This is their opportunity. This is their window right now. It's no, oh, let's look at next year because it's clearly, we, we clearly see that the Phoenix Suns have put all their eggs in one basket because you've given Ray a lot of talent uh, to Brooklyn. So you've got to figure out how to make this work and get it done.
0: Zach, what do you think? Because you kept your all-stars, you kept your center, and you add
7: Kevin Durant. Is it title or bust for the Suns? So when you say bust, what you merely mean does, does this go so wrong that you're left in three or four years like the Brooklyn Nets were when they traded all that stuff for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett? That's a bust. And your hope is that with Booker still there and Ayton still there, even if this team doesn't achieve what it should achieve with KD and Chris Paul, your downside in five years is pretty high with those two guys. I think title or bust for this season is a little unfair it's just so short but title or bust in the next two or three years that's the window for Chris Paul and Kevin Durant I think that's fair I think that's kind of the bet you make when you trade every pick and all that stuff and all your good young players almost for one guy who's 34 and you pair him with another guy who's 37 I do think it's title or bust in the next two or three seasons this year I'm not going to go that far
0: All right, Zach Lowe, Vince Carter, appreciate it. Uh, We got more basketball here on the network. In fact, college hoops, because we've got undefeated number one, South Carolina taking on Tennessee in tonight's women's college basketball matchup here on ESPN and the app. No, the Gamecocks, they've won a program record 33 straight games. Our coverage begins at 7 Eastern. Hey, the Cowboys. Well, they got a number of positions to address this offseason. Why Mike McCarthy and company need to start with a simple fix for Dak Prescott. But first, little sneaky himbo. Well, you know what? We're going to go sneaky Josh because he's in for himbo. And we're going to talk about Cowboys. And this one's for you, CeCe. Before Mike McCarthy, who was the last Cowboys head coach with consecutive 12-win seasons. The answer
5: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine.
0: Book direct at LQ.com.
8: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
0: Back with you here on Get Up. We got sneaky Josh time here. And our question for cc they brought on two former Dallas guys. Yeah, this one. of course. Uh, Mike McCarthy, you know, he's led the Cowboys to back-to-back 12-win seasons. Sure. Before him, who was the last Cowboy head coach to put up back-to-back 12-win season. Well, let's work
1: backwards here. We know know it wasn't Jason Garrett, even though he's spent almost a decade with that franchise. It wasn't Bill Parcells, because I was down there. You were there. Back to right. You were there. But it didn't happen then. So it's got to be one of those 90s Cowboys coaches. And Mm -hmm. I know Sneaky Josh wants me to go with Jimmy Johnson. Right. But it happened more recently. It's Barry Switzer. Got it. He got it. Even though I would say Barry Switzer might not have as much to do with those back-to-back 12 win seasons as yes. Jimmy Johnson did, but I just, fact, I'll, just leave, know, I'll just, yeah, there. There. At at I'll, I'll just leave that look there. I'll just leave that there. I had it there. Look at that. You <laughs> <laughs> got it. You got we it got right there. There it is.
0: Very nicely done. Uh, all right. It is time for one big concern, and we are got to be discussing some of the things coming up this upcoming season. So, T.C., give me your uh, biggest concern, especially when we talk about
1: the Eagles. Well, it's got to be the interior of the offensive and the defensive lines. Von Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Isaac Sayamalu, all of those guys are free agents. Not to mention Jason Kelsey might decide to retire and walk away from football altogether. A reason why the Eagles were so dominant in the conference was because they owned the line of scrimmage on both the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. So if they take a step back in 2023, it would be because the offensive and the defensive lines regress.
0: Okay, Lady Di, give me your biggest concern about the 49ers and their quarterback situation. Uh,
2: I mean, figuring that out, who is going to be the quarterback of their future? You know, we know right now that Brock Hardy is going to be getting that surgery very soon, and, and just based on what we all saw at the end of this season, to me, he looks like the guy who should be the future starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. If I'm the 49ers, I'm trying to see what I can get for Trey Lance. This is a quarterback-starving league right now. Maybe make some calls, see what's out there. Lewis,
3: give me your one big concern about the Dallas Cowboys. Getting Dak Prescott to play clean, efficient football on a consistent basis. So I think they need to go on a deep dive this offseason. Between Brian Schottenheimer, Mike McCarthy, and Dak Prescott, getting in the lab and going, hey, look, Everything from the way stuff is installed to how you correct me to how you coach me on the field. Once a play is over, when you talk about what have, what did I see relative to the defense and the, and the structure of the defense, where I went with the football, every single thing needs to be scrutinized because his up and down performance this year mm-hmm. was kind of mind-boggling. It was. Like, what is happening yep. here? Why is he throwing some of the interceptions that he is throwing? Multiple, Multiple picks in game. Absolutely. Games. And see, this is all about expectation. Dak is in that level. Is at that level now where regarding what he has paid and what they expect him to deliver, it's just not matching up on a consistent basis. And when you're talking about another contract for him, you have to be rock sure that now the changes we have made on the offensive side of the ball, at the coordinator position in particular, and given what we're probably going to give him in terms of help at running back and wide receiver – you got to be sure that he's going to give you what you need to give, what he needs to give you in terms of return on investment. And right now, I'm just not sure about that.
0: So let's stay with this conversation, especially the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. CC, then if if you're the
1: Cowboys, should you wait to re-sign Dak? No, because it's only going to get more expensive. And if you look at Dak Prescott's cap hit for 2023, it's 49 million dollars. His cap hit for 2024. $52 million. Over the next two seasons, there's only one player in the National Football League that has higher cap hits, and that's Deshaun Watson. So in terms of roster construction and adding some of the pieces that Lou and I think you need to in order to get the best out of Dak Prescott, you've got to find a way to lower that cap number, and the only way to do that is to be able to extend them. And here's the deal. It only gets more expensive the longer you wait for quarterbacks. With the impending deals that we expect Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts to get, I mean, quarterbacks are going to be making well into the $50 million per year range. And so you want to stay away from that territory if you're Jerry Jones. And also, when we think about the salary cap overall, it's about to explode. It went up $16 million this year. It's only going to increase in bigger increments once we get the YouTube deal money and the Amazon money into the NFL revenue pile. So all I'm simply saying is this. For quarterbacks, they're going to be making a lot of money. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, you want to get to market first, with a contract extension for Dak before all of those other deals happen. So, Lewis, I guess what Lewis, do you think you'll get your return on investment?
3: See that that see that's my question. Look, at, the money will work itself out. We we know that the salary cap is exploding. We know that the revenue streams that are about to come online are going to be huge, and the quarterbacks are going to benefit from it. You just need the right quarterback to benefit from it. Mm. Okay, it's just not it's just not like hey, all of you guys get your money. Look, like I said, there's levels to it. Dak's level needs to raise up. Okay, in order for me to justify him getting his requisite chunk of that increased revenue stream is what I'm saying. So that's why I'm talking about we need to get in the lab now this offseason. We need to figure out how to even this thing out. We need to figure out how to get you here, not here, because here is getting us bounced out of the playoffs. Right. It's not all your fault. Mm. We got to get Tommy Pollard healthy. We need to get another guy who's young and healthy at running back. We get to get CD a 1A running partner. We need another corner to match with Trayvon Diggs so we can really shut it down.
0: Through the draft, when you talk about
3: a receiver, are we getting that receiver through the draft? Look, I still believe that Odell Beckham has to be on the radar for them. Mm -hmm. Okay? He has to be. And then a young player, look, then you continue to supplement things through the draft. You try to fill needs through free agency so the draft can happen organically and that you're not forced into making picks. That's really how you want it to go. So, yeah, I, I think receiver is something they'll look at here before the draft even comes around.
2: Yeah, In the meantime, we obviously are in this franchise tag window. Uh, I was told by people in Dallas, they're, they're working on a deal with Tony Pollard. They're trying to make that work, and, and it just doesn't look like the, the Schultz situation is going to work out to be a tag. I'm not sure what they're going to do with the contract, but I'm, from what I can gather on, on some of the conversations I had, they're not going to put the tag on him. So if it, it, it seems that they can't work out a deal with Tony Pollard, and we know his value. When he's on the field, mm-hmm. they have so much success yep. in the run game. And I know he's dealing with some injuries, but if he can get back here, they want him, they need him, they're going to most likely work this out.
0: And so that means you got to draft a running back then because we saw no in, in the playoffs, no. Pollard got hurt, Zeke, you know,
1: looked – Oh, he's a shell of himself. Yes. Zeke ain't the same Z. And they're going to have
2: to work out that deal as well, too.
1: I don't know that there's a deal to be worked out with him in terms of the production that he's bringing to the table. So I would look at adding a running back in the draft. You also need to look at adding several receivers. You need Mm. more perimeter weapons for Dak. Last year, only 42% of Dak's passing yards came with yards after catch. That was 26th. Of qualified quarterbacks in the National Football League, you got to get him more playmakers. And it's crazy to say that for a quarterback that's making forty million dollars a year, but that is today's NFL. It's understated the impact of the loss of Amari Cooper. You got to get him another weapon in order to get the best okay. version it, of him. It, it, it seemed like it
0: was almost a foregone conclusion they were going to sign OBJ, but it seems like they wanted him to be healthy before they do it. OBJ sense. or DeAndre Hopkins, which one would you prefer?
3: Well I would take DeAndre Hopkins because of the availability question. Like look DeAndre's been one of those guys who has proven that he can stay on the field. He can make he can make the tough catches. He is a guy look he's a guy who's going to be there. He is steady Eddie. He's going to be that guy. And I'll tell you what if he's not there I can tell you a team up here in Foxboro that'll be looking to Hello. Try get a hold of him. Hello. That's for sure, because Bill loves the guy. Yeah,
0: you're right about that. Yep. Uh, we got more football here on the network as well, because week two of the XFL season, it begins tonight. The Battle Hawks taking on the Sea Dragons. It can then on Saturday, you got the D.C. Defenders, the Vegas Vipers, both of those games on FX. Plus, Sunday, you got the Brahmas and the Guardians They're on ESPN at 4 Eastern. And the Renegades, Roughnecks, all ESPN 2 at 7 Eastern. All four games available on ESPN Plus. Well, Alabama freshman Brandon Miller played last night despite being implicated in a murder case. Should he have even been allowed to play? Stephen A., Michael Wilbon, and Molly are going to discuss on first take Hey, tonight ESPN Hockey Night, it features the Western Conference leading Golden Knights. They are hosting the Flames, who are just four points behind the Wild for a playoff spot. Our coverage begins at 9 Eastern. You know, we showed you earlier in the show the top five teams that need to win in the offseason. The Jets number four. This is according to our Lewis Riddick right here. So if that's the case, Diana, give us the very latest on Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, and possibly a member of the Jets.
2: Yes, he has left the darkness. He has now come into the light. Mm-hmm. He was staying in southern. We all. Yes, he's been staying in Southern Oregon in a a, a very small, dark room for the last few days. It's like he's getting ready for the New York City uh, real estate. Um, All seriousness, though, so so now the Packers just wait to to meet with him so he can make a decision on what, what he wants to do. Continue playing football, continue playing football with the Green Bay Packers, or perhaps go for a trade where the New York Jets are very interested.
3: What do you think? Honestly, I think he winds up staying. Mm. And look, Jeff Darlington was talking about this yesterday. He had talked to to a source up there in Green Bay that believes that this is a lot of speculation. But considering the commitment that they made to him, the commitment he made to them, and then when you look at how this season ended, like over the past, uh, over the last eight weeks of the season. I believe they were 5-3. Yeah. The offense really started to click. That's Watson. when Christian Watson started going off. Mm-hmm. You know, and they have a lot of young pieces on the offensive line that they'll continue to develop, like a guy like Zach Tom from Wake Forest. But there's a lot of good things. Aaron Jones resigns a new contract there, takes a pay cut, I believe. But there's a lot of things that are kind of looking up for them offensively. They need to get the defense straight. Like, I don't know. I don't know if the, is this really a situation that he wants to leave at this point in time, or is it a situation that maybe they just need to tweak?
1: Yeah, it also leads to an interesting decision that the Packers have to make with Jordan Love's fifth-year option. they got to make that choice in May. But in looking at the New York Jets, they better figure out who's going to play quarterback for them because this is a team that feels like they're a quarterback away. And if you look at what they did last year in their losses, they averaged 10 points a game. Mm -hmm. If they were just league average in terms of scoring in those losses, scoring 21 points, they would be 12-5 and as opposed to 7-10. and Uh, That's how close the Jets are. Meanwhile, on planet Earth... I want you guys to take a look at something because we've all heard
0: of arm wrestling, but leg wrestling? And and I'm what do you, do you train for this? Do you do squats or what's the deal? How do you you train for leg wrestling
1: here, CeCe? I don't know why you would train to do this. Like, I understand why you train your legs in football and basketball, all those things. I don't know why you would even train to do this, because that would assume that you're giving validity to this as this kind <laughs> of sport. That ain't a sport. I don't know what the hell you call it, but it ain't a sport. You, you play soccer. Is this what you, is this what you yeah, guys this did? This is
2: part of my training. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of pedicures for to that. <laughs> you were, you were, Look didn't, at the fans. Didn't you,
3: didn't you say you were you were honorable mention all county, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: but Diane like, uh, Lewis. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. yeah. First take <laughs> is next. <laughs>